Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Michigan at the 41. What a hit! Falls free on the ground! South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do! It is Wednesday, June 22nd, and we have another edition of Believe in South Carolina. I am Mike Yuva, and alongside me, as always, is Nick Klaus and former Gamecock running back Marcus Lattimore. Fellas, we are getting closer and closer. We're getting closer a month away until SEC media days, and then a couple weeks after that, we go right into training camp. Since we last taped an episode we have found out that the first day of practice for the Gamecocks will be August 5th. So we're getting closer to it. I we just, are. I just, I just got hot thinking about that. You just got hot thinking about it? Hmm. August 5th in Columbia, South Carolina. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's what that that is the separator. I was just talking to a guy here in Portland. Uh, who comes from the East Coast and was talking about East Coast versus West Coast football. And it's literally the it, it's how we're developed. It, it's it's the conditions that we're put under. It's just hot as shit. And you have to find a way to push through. Um, but no, that's exciting. August 5th. Yes, it is right around the corner. No, it's coming. It's close. I mean, I was today just before we were recording i've been just kind of going through anything uh new on gamecock football and i i read a read a few articles on rattler and rattler just did a podcast so i was learning a lot about what he said on that and that just Mm -hmm. it just gets you excited you can tell he's excited and you know it's just like you know being a fan and going to the school you just kind of become a little kid again and the fact that i just felt like excited just to see spencer rattler in a gamecock uniform coming soon and also, I read an article about Clemson and South Carolina and how the Clemson, it was a Clemson writer who did it. And they were talking about the whole little brother thing and how we're not even close to them. So that'll piss you off. And <laughs> strategic, though, Nick. Like, don't they do writers do that on purpose, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, some yeah. Of them do. Some, of the, some of them do. TV people, they're the same way where you kind of poke things around a little bit. I think we all know that. Um, I can tell you that because I have come across many in this profession. You know, there's some that are very good at it too, um, but there's some that are just straight fanboys. That's that's honestly one of my favorite parts about covering the Gamecocks now is even when I was working at Watch Fox, but obviously now Gamecock Central, Clemson fans try to – where they think they're getting under my skin saying, oh, you know, seven in a row. And this, I'm like, you realize, like, I don't give a shit. I'm not a Gamecock fan. I didn't go to USC. I want to see people that you develop relationships do well. I'm going to get more pissed off if you say something about the Patriots. But honestly, I don't really get too upset anymore. I've seen more championships in my lifetime than some people, their fathers and their granddaddies will ever see in their lifetime. So, I mean – I I'm running out of championship. I was disappointed seeing the Celtics lose the other night. But I'm like, you know what? Shoot, I can't get upset anymore. I hate um, But I want to – let's bring it back. I want to bring something up. It's all right, Nick. Hey, they hate <laughs> us because they ain't us, baby. 
I want to bring it back to the heat, Marcus, because just yesterday we did a Garnet Trust virtual event with transfer defensive end Terrell Dawkins. And Terrell was just smiling, talking about the heat, because, you know, even though he's wasn't playing too far away, playing at North Carolina State, he shared what these workouts have been like. And he said the heat down here, it's just it's it's just different, right? It's just different. And the way that you train is different. Now we know that the first game of the year will be under the lights. But that second game at Arkansas, that will be 11 a.m. local time. Mm. That third game will be at 12 against Georgia, that third mm. game of the season. So, you know, most likely, you know, the humidity will be in there that night game. Um, but, but I bring that all back, Marcus, because when you look back to those summer workouts, how beneficial were they in terms of dealing with the heat? Because as an athlete, obviously, you're trying to just get those workouts done. You just want to be able to push through them. The heat, obviously, is a pain in the ass. But how much does that help you come week one, week two, week three, the beginning of the year when you do have to face not just the opponent, but you're dealing with the heat as well? Isn't that crazy, though? He he went to North Carolina State, which is only max three hours away from Columbia. And the heat is that big of a difference. That you know, big. You know, people really don't understand it until you're in Columbia. Uh, I think the saying is it's the armpit of the South. I don't really like that statement because it's kind of derogatory and it paints a bad picture of my city. But we could say it feels like. Feels like. Feels like the armpit of the South. Yeah, I, I get that. I get. But, yeah, it's just a. I don't like that. I don't like that label on Columbia. Um, but no, I mean, if I mean, heck, if you don't, what well, while you're out there in the summer, if you survive, if you make it, and that, and that is a serious statement, um, man, it's it, it just it's more of a mental thing than anything, but because you 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 really just get to a point where. It, your your body, your body will eventually become acclimated. It just takes a long time. But these, I mean, I think it makes a difference, or particularly early on with those three games that you mentioned. Um, you know, as October rolls around, everything starts to smooth out. But August and September, uh, those two those two months, uh, really anywhere down south, uh, and you. You've been and you're, you know, you're going to these places. You're going to Georgia, and you've been training in Columbia. You you have you have an advantage. You 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 really do. I mean, you just your body is a lot more conditioned, and, and we have to use that to our advantage. Um, it's it's a it's a, it's the secret weapon that kind of that nobody has simply because they're not in Columbia, and um, yeah, it. it it just makes you a lot tougher. That's the one thing that I can, I can say for sure. You are tougher when you step out on the field because it's just what you've been going through over the past summer. I mean, it's, it's excruciating. It, 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 and 
I mean, you're you're out there running, running, and I mean, sometimes you got weights out there. Sometimes you're competing in it. It's just it's just a whole different element that you you can't replicate anywhere else. Um, yeah, so I mean, I I, just, I see it as a huge a huge advantage. Did you feel that as a player though? Because during the Muschamp era, something that was interesting was the fact that during some of those noon games, the earlier games, they won a lot. I mean, I obviously I know that you were over there during the, during a period of time under Muschamp, but it seemed like there was either a sense of you know, between the fact of practicing early, doing the early practices, because I know not every team in the country practices essentially first thing in the morning. But between that, dealing with the heat, it looked like USC would either come out and play extremely well, even if they didn't win, they would play very well. I mean, even the Alabama game, they they pushed Alabama to the brinks for, for a while. And then, of yeah. course, you know, Alabama was just able to pull away. We saw what they were able to do against Georgia on the road, and that was an early game. So I know that there's going to be a lot of fans that will look at that week three game against Georgia, and they'll be upset. Like, I understand. You want to be able to tailgate all day. I get that. I understand. Oh, well, I don't want to sit in the stand and die and for the heat. This I get that. But from an advantage standpoint, would you say that this could be beneficial for South Carolina because they're playing early and they're playing – in an, in an environment from a heat standpoint that they're going to be more accustomed to in comparison to maybe a Georgia who isn't too far away, but it's just not going to be the exact same type of training that they're going through. It's not, it's not the same. It, it, it's really not. You know, Georgia is Georgia. <laughs> Georgia's going to show up. They're going to be ready to play. They have a great head coach and they have tons of talent, you know, so. The Georgia game is is uh, I'll tell you what it's going to be a good test. Um, I, I I do believe, like I, I do believe, if we, you know, you get them on the ropes early, mm-hmm. you get them on the ropes early. When the third or fourth qu- quarter come around and you're playing in that type of heat, it it, it just it it you you don't rise to the level level of the the level of occasion. You don't mm-hmm. rise to the level. I love this quote. It's about Jocko. You you revert back to your level of training. You you don't rise. You revert back to to your default mode, and our default mode is going to be conditioned for that. But you got, I mean, with the defending national champions, you got to get them on the ropes early. You know, it, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how good of a shape you're in. I mean, it's 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 uh, they're they're a beast down there, and um, we we all know that. I mean, that's not a that's not a secret to anybody. But yeah, I think it does, Mike. I I, I think any team, any team that comes to Columbia in the month of September, it's gonna. Have, I mean, it just have, they just have a hard time in early October. They just have a hard time. You unite. You the crowd is into it and you got that going on. It's just, it's just, it's just not the conditions you want to be in as a visitor. Just tough, tough place to play. And as a, as 
they come in, I mean, especially we just said Georgia is Georgia. And it's no news to anyone. They're not they're extremely talented and they're getting better. I mean, they just won a national championship. They're only gonna get better. They're gonna get better talent. They're gonna keep getting five star, five star, five stars. We all know from Coach Beamer's press conference last year. Um but you gotta play any advantage you can. And the fact that Columbia is hot as hell in August and September, you know, that'll be an advantage. And especially because those I've been saying this to a lot of people, the first three games for the Gamecocks this year are so crucial. I mean, you got that first game, which obviously needs to be a win, needs to be a commanding win. And then Arkansas is huge. It's huge. I've I've wanted to talk about that for a while. It's just that game. Oh, it's a swing game. It is. I mean, you go. You're you're either going in one and one unranked into a home game against the defending national champion, or if you were able to pull off a win in Arkansas, you're two and zero. Oh, I think easy top twenty five. We got a ranked game at Willie B against. The against a team and against a team that outside of Alabama, when you're talking about who could give them a run for their money, there's a lot of people that believe Arkansas is a team that could be finishing high in the West, potentially number two, if they're, not being able to win the SEC West. They're, they're all they're similar to us, like in the West when, you know, when it comes to the East. Like it's just it's one it's one of those places. That you know, when you go, you number one, you don't expect the crowd that you're about to see because you just don't hear a lot about Arkansas football. But it has that rich tradition. Mm -hmm. They run the football. That head coach has instilled toughness, toughness. They they step on the field and they really believe that they can beat anybody. You know, so I, I mean, Arkansas, that's that's going to be a game. It really, it really is so huge. And what we'll do, and what we'll do, Nick, sorry to cut you off. What we'll do is we'll we'll get we'll get into an episode where we break down some of these games and take a closer look. But um I wanna I wanna go back to that though, Marcus. When you're talking about right now on campus, the majority of the team, if not everyone, is on campus right now. Um, which is just absolutely incredible because this team is just locked in. And we had Jacob August on a couple weeks ago, and you know he was talking about that 2017 season and being able to go to the Outback Bowl and be able to win. He felt that the majority of the team was bought in, that they were bought in at that point, that they were having meetings on off campus going into the year saying, okay, you know, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to be able to be successful this season? And some of the leaders on that team. And he just felt like over time that started to – that, that got away. That got away. I bring all that up because you hear from these players right now that are on campus, guys are truly bought into what Beamer is doing and the coaching staff. Obviously, starting with Beamer, trickled down to Luke Day, the strength and conditioning coach, but just across the board. What do you what, what's going on right now from a chemistry standpoint when you are on campus and you're working together? But on top of that, what are these workouts looking like as you get ready for a new season? Well, the progression has increased every week. You know, 
if they were here in May, they're probably already continuing their plan that they that they had. And you know, once June hit and the whole team was together, oh, it's an eight week plan of getting you from here to there. And when I say I'm talking about all your numbers, you know, you're trying to get your bench up, you're trying to get your squad up, power clean individually. You know, because it's Luke Day and that staff. I mean, it's it's a the strength the strength team the strength staff has a lot of manpower. You know, not only do they have assistant strength coaches, but they have GAs, and these GAs <laughs> are strength coaches. Don't mm-hmm. I mean don't don't let that that term GA fool you. No, they're in the weight room. They're right beside them. Look at they're Byron. Right we had Byron on just a couple weeks ago. Right. I mean, he was he was labeled a GA and he had a lot of experience. No doubt. You you are you are ready to go after you leave a D1 program as a GA. You are ready to become assistant strength coach because your hand is in everything. You're making mm-hmm. the shakes. You're making individualized plans. If guys want to stay after and get some extra work, you you're the one who's probably doing it. Uh, they they get the ins and outs of everything. They're sitting in every meeting with Luke Day, soaking in all of that knowledge. But ever since June started, the workouts have ramped up. You know, mm-hmm. so right now, I mean, I mean, it, it, with with conditioning, if, if we're just speaking of conditioning, I mean, they're probably, I mean, that they're probably at 70 percent of where they're going to be. You know, because they get a little break. They get a little break uh, coming up, but not too much. Uh, And, you know, as far as chemistry and that continuity that's growing in the locker room, I think Demo comes in huge right here. Um, I think they had the Rams defensive line coach Mm -hmm. uh, come in, and he was a speaker for the team. Uh, So Demo's setting up all that. Um, He is, you know, putting together – you know, putting together groups, you know, all, all of these different things that grow the team, you know, all, all these things that you can do to grow the team. Uh, he, he said, he's setting up all of that, all of the culture, you know, him and coach Beamer combined and they meet, they meet weekly. And, you know, this is a real big time and, you know, he's out there with him as well, you know, so and then, like you mentioned, Coach uh, Jacob August, I'm pretty sure there's individual meetings going on as well, you know, mm-hmm. just with position groups. But, I mean, when it comes to the workouts and, and developing as a team, I mean, they're, they're hanging out. They're hanging out all over the place. Uh, they're with they're each other. some of the coaches' house. I mean, we just saw a photo today from Marcus Satterfield's wife, Sarah. She just posted on Twitter having the tight ends and running backs over. They had the quarterbacks over recently. but And we've seen it at Shane Beamer's house as well. Like the offense came one one day, and then the defense came another. And that's so important, uh, right? It is, it's, so, it's so important to separate. Separate from the game for a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if, you're all, if you're all in, and I, I mean, I think this applies to anything. If you, if, if you never have a time to disconnect from – your, your your career or your uh, i mean just just what you do for a living if you never have you, you you never get a fresh perspective like mm-hmm. you never get to see you, you never get to see it from from a new light you know and i think it's important because fresh ideas come and 
you know, and, you know, for the players, it's just a, it's just a, a, a rejuvenated, you know, sense of energy when you, when you do something different, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that happens in, you know I mean? I'm pretty sure there's like, you, you know, when I was back, when we were there, I mean, we go to Strom, go to Strom and shoot, go to Strom and swim. I mean, just a new activity. And I'm pretty sure that's being implemented, you know, with, with, with Luke Day and, you know, all of those things are being thought of. Yeah, they, they still do that. I see Jordan Birch balling at Shrum with a bunch of the guys all the time. There they are. Whenever yeah, they got free time. Oh, my gosh. The funny thing is they're they're running. Like, sometimes if they don't have enough to play each other, they'll run just pickup in Shrum. Like, there's always <laughs> people waiting. And, oh, my gosh. <laughs> just the level of talent <laughs> and just athletic. some studs i mean birch was, birch was great birch was great in high school i remember covering him when i was at watch fox when he played at hammond i mean he was he was good he was good and then i mean everyone that you talk to on the football team and we did this during the garnet trust interviews during the nba finals i was asking a lot of these players like all right you know who would be your starting five and everyone said like the first person josh van josh van josh van so uh no i think i I think that's it's important i mean and nick you know from a student standpoint like you said you've seen these players whether it be at strum and you know playing basketball and I mean, I understand it could probably be a little intimidating sometimes if you're just a regular student and you just see a bunch of fo- big big football players just around. But I mean, that's the stuff. That's the stuff that those are the little things that help build championship teams. No doubt. No, and it's it's um, the. I mean, I've I've in my time, it's mostly in my senior year, honestly. I mean, like. Marshawn Lloyd would come to some of my fraternity's parties and he would hang out and he was, he would come bring a bunch of guys. I think van came once uh, bell, a bunch of different guys have come and they're all great guys and they're super nice. And they honestly, they're work talking to them. They're working so hard that mm-hmm. they, you know, when they finally find a time where they just get to relax and let loose, they're, they're just excited to do it. They're, they don't care where they're going. I mean, they love the Lloyd's great. He does not, because you know, you, have people coming up to you all the time and it's drunk college kids and they're just excited. It's a football player and South Carolina football. So loved. And the, and Marcus obviously knows about all of this, but he, he's so good at dealing with it and he's, he's always happy to talk about it, but he's also relaxing. So you want to, you want to let him do his thing. And you know, they're, we've talked about the heat and the workouts they're going through all the time. And like, Sometimes they just stop by to hang out and they still got to go and they had to practice that morning or they got oh, something yeah. to do that night. Like they're, they're just trying to fit in some fun that day, but, um, and they're doing it together and they're trying, they're just trying to, you know, be students also and just be young guys. Um, so it's, it's good to see them. And it's those little things, like you said, that they get to do together and also play basketball and you see them around and it's fun. It definitely is intimidating because like Lloyd's <laughs> Like oh my gosh, they and don't like, they don't look like tennis players when they walk in. You uh, no, tell the no, no. I mean we talk we talk about the lifting the lifting they're doing and oh my gosh, these guys. Can we stay with lifting though? Huge, Marcus. Can you? <laughs> We've mentioned it before, and I always think it gets so overlooked. I think some fans get it. Just how important the strength and conditioning coaches, but especially this time of the year, because the strength and conditioning coach 
is around these players more than any other coach on this team. You could also say Demo, but the strength and conditioning coach, he's around them the entire freaking year. The great teams that you've been on, even going back to the time when that, that beautiful run that USC was on that you were a part of, what makes a successful strength and conditioning coach, in your opinion, and how important does that role play on having a successful team? It's what you said, the first statement you said, they're around, simply, they're around more than any other coach. When you spend time, and I mean, that's almost 300 and it's more than 330 days out of the year mm-hmm. that you're around the strength coach out of 365. If you spend the most time around, he, he has he has to be a mentor. Number one, he has he has to be a mentor. He has to be a teacher. All right, and yeah, and then and then a coach. You know, and then he has to know the science behind the body. That that's obviously important, but it, it it's the difference maker. It's the one it, it's the one thing that can't be like it can't be up for for draw. It just can't be up for luck. You know who that is because it, it it's it's literally what you said. The guy you spend the most time with. So I mean, out of anybody in your life, really, you know, at that time period in your life, at that time period, and it's, I mean, you you catch guys on good days, you catch guys on bad days, however you want to define that. You catch guys that just broke up with the. I mean, you you in that weight room. When they walk in, you see every different emotional state. And you got to know how to manage that as a strength coach. How do you develop that trust, though? Because Luke Day comes in, and you've said this before, right? It's, I think it's a, great, it's a great line. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. For Luke Day, and this could be for any coach, but especially for that position, how are you able – to earn the trust and vice versa, because you have a group of individuals, especially the upperclassmen who need to set the tone. The way they respond is going to be the way that the underclassmen respond as well, because they're going to say, okay, if a senior or junior is responding this way, that's how I guess we do things around here. How do you build that trust though? Because in just one year, it seems like a lot of people are bought into what Luke Day is doing. No doubt. Well, and I think he comes at it from his way, you know, and you you can't try to be anybody else. You know, that that that's for certain. And everybody's going to come at it from their own personality type or, on how to how to direct and guide young men. You know, what, what, you, you're going to come at it from your personal experience and, and that you just have to pull from that. You have to pull from that. You can't. If you weren't at Alabama or you, you weren't at, you know, Georgia, you know, you can't you can't pretend as if you were, you know. So, number one, I mean, really just pull from your personal experience and be yourself. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing right there, that that's the layer where you can. OK, if you establish that and they know that you're a corny individual 
that likes country music, but they you care about them. They don't care. They they don't care. They don't they, they don't care who you are. They just want to know who you are. And, and I mean that that's that, that like once you establish that, man, you 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 you've. I think you you've won half the battle. You know, if you like rap music and you know you 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 study science study science in your free time like whatever you do whatever the, your your quirks or your interest share that with the team be authentic because you can read that right you can be authentic you read it absolutely and i mean that they're not forcing it right they're not trying to you know I, it's always one of my favorite gifs you see on um on twitter and by the way i'm a gif guy i don't say gif i'm a gif <laughs> um you know you have um yeah, the guy walking up with the backwards hat and the skateboard, you know, how do you kids do, you know, he, he's trying to be like an undercover cop. So I say that because you can sense, I'm sure you've been around certain situations. It doesn't have to necessarily be the head strength guy. You know, they're trying to force things could be music, could be just the way they talk, could be, you know, the things that they, um, they do have to be authentic. It's you could read BS. You could read right through that. Oh my goodness! And that, and, and more than anything, that group, like particularly when you're, you're you're developing them to become bigger, stronger, faster, and better men. You know, so that that's your assignment. That that's what you're doing as a strength coach. They are listening to everything that you have to say, whether it does, whether it looks like it or not, whether they whether they seem interested in what you're saying. They're listening to everything. And if there is something that is off, if they hear something that, that feels a little bit phony, you, you've lost them. You, 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 you've lost them and you have to figure out a way to regain regain that trust. But, I mean, the importance of it, Mike, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the make or break. I mean, I go back to my high school. Everybody that I know that went to my high school who now, who is now uh, in the profession of sports. Mm -hmm. Everybody sees our strength coach as our role model. Coach Bentley. Absolutely. He, I mean, he made the town of Duncan, South Carolina. He made it what it is. But when he hired coach Schrock, everything changed. When we got to Carolina, we had coach Fitz and coach Conley. Mm -hmm. Those two men, not they did it in their way, you know. He, uh, Coach Connolly, he's from New England, you know, okay. and you know, grew up in Maine, New Hampshire, mm -hmm. Massachusetts. He grew up in all of those areas, and you could he brought that with him, like he brought that attitude, that personality, that stories from snowmobile and then four or five, four or five feet of snow. I mean, that like. He brought himself. And I mean, we did everything. We, we we would run through a brick wall for him, you know, simply because he wasn't trying to be act like he was from down south or act like he was from wherever. I mean, he was just himself. And and it was it, it was a it was just a beautiful it was a beautiful marriage and, and everything. It's the it's it's the difference maker. You you walk in that room and 
I mean, because at the end of the day, that that room is what's making you. That room is what's making you the player that you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what you do in there, what you do in there, the focus, the attention you have in there. I mean, the 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 level of the like desire. It's all based on the strength coach, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's. I think Luke Day is bringing that. Yeah, I mean, you can just tell. You just tell who he is. Nick, when you hear that, what's the first thing that just comes to mind? Anything stand out? I mean, I was really just thinking about, you know, the impact that Marcus was talking about, about how much they impact each player. And it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because when I think back in my high school years and then also my time at Tampa, the short time that it was, the strength coach coaches do and coaches in general have a big influence on how you feel about yourself because you're right. I mean, you're 18 years old. You're going through different things. I know when I was at Tampa, I obviously wasn't happy. I was I was trying to figure out my place. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and – I remember one time the moment where I actually did feel really at home at Tampa for a little bit was when one of our coaches in the weight room, we have, you know, you're in a big weight room. There's a lot going on and he's, I'm squatting, I think. And he, I wasn't putting up weight. I was also much smaller than come on, Nick, how much you pushing, man? Uh, how then, much are you pushing, I don't Nick? even know. <laughs> then I don't even know. But I mean, I was also big on, I was always big on making sure, Hey, I might not be doing a lot, but make sure my form's good. Mm-hmm. make sure I'm I'm staying on top of that trying to do my best and the coach is walking by and he's getting me he's getting me hype he's getting the team around me pointing me out and he made me feel confident and good about myself and one I wanted to work harder mm-hmm. because I that made me feel so good and I felt a part of the team and I felt like this family and I wanted to work hard for it and that had a huge impact on me yeah. and so those types of things are just so huge and and like Marcus was saying, I mean, you're seeing them so often. Those are the people. Like I barely talk to my head coach at Tampa, barely. I talk to the training coaches all the time. I talk to my assistant coaches all the time, and so those were the people around me. And they had an impact on me. So and also just being, I think, being honest and genuine as a person is so huge, just for everyone in mm-hmm. everyday life. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you smell bullshit from any person, why why are you gonna like? Why would you trust that person? There yep. we go. It, that's, it, just it, how, that's just how it is. It, it goes back to 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 the laws of being human, you know. But <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's just it's so it's so important. Like it, it's so important, and I I don't know if the emphasis changed, you know as more money increased in college sports, you know, like you, you were able to invest a lot more money into a stream coach. People start seeing the importance of, of, of having a quality individual and then a quality, like a quality person who, who knows the science behind the body. I don't know when that shifted, but I mean, we can see in the salaries that, I mean, these guys, these guys do well now. I mean, I mean, the, the guy at Iowa, he was almost making a million dollars a year. <laughs> uh, the guy out here in Oregon, he made six fifty. I don't know how much Luke they make, but I know he's doing. <laughs> I, I know he ain't. I know he's not hurting for any meals. 
He's doing good. And then you have a staff. I mean, you just have a huge staff, but because it is it because it is so important. You know, I mean it, it's that you know, I, I, I hate to term it like this, but that's their investment. I mean, that's their that's their uh that's their product going out there. You know, if we're looking at it in that terms, you know, I know that's inhumane to say, but that's they have to protect they have to protect what what they what what's paying their bills really at the end of the day i mean these players without the players they wouldn't have a job so you need to invest as much as you can in nutrition much as you can in the weight room with quality people and we and that that's what that's what south carolina's doing you know so you got to you, you got to take every measure and get every competitive advantage that you can, you know. So it's important. It's important, Mike. And according to public records, for anyone that is interested, Luke Day is making four hundred thousand um, dollars. Not bad. Not not a not bad, bad day at the office. Not bad. You can buy yourself more than just a thirty-two uh, inch TV. You can get you can get that you can get that forty and work. <laughs> <laughs> Work your way up. Um, I, I do want to ask you something, though. We talk about dedication. I kind of want to pivot a little bit because it is the 22nd today, and it is a very, very special person's birthday. And I would be remiss not to bring his name up. That is Kirk Collinsworth. Uh, oh, Kirk has gone to every game, home, away, Bowl game since November 21st, 1992. Mm. I think a lot of people remember that game. I believe that was the Steve Tannehill game in Clemson, if I'm not mistaken, and hopefully I have that right. I should have. Mike, is that the year we joined the SEC as well? I I believe that was the year South Carolina joined the SEC. I remember. I should know this. It is the 30th anniversary. Um, July 1st, 1991. Mm, 91. Um, but I bring up Kirk because this guy, for people that don't know about Kirk's background, you know, what makes his streak even more impressive is that he was born with cerebral palsy. Um, and I've done many stories on him, whether it be during my time at Watch Fox, whether it be just, you know, little bumps on social media. He was able to still find ways to go to these games um, with a lot of stadiums, especially during the 90s, not having elevators or not having elevators in certain sections. So, you know, you might see Kirk cruising around in his little, uh, I don't know if it's a rascal, but we'll call it that. His rascal scooter, but he also has his walker, and you know he'd go up those stairs. And I mean, there's been many times, um, you know, he told me that during that time period that he'd he'd fall, um, you know, trying to go upstairs or whatnot because he he wanted to go to these games, um, and he's always found a way. But there's all there's just a great freaking quote that he told me because I remember like you know having a conversation with him at, at one point last year and and Kirk was like you know you always see me happy and I said yeah 
and he said, you know, the reason why I'm always happy is because I know there's someone out there that has it worse than me. So if a guy like Kirk Collinsworth, everything that he's been dealt with can say freaking happy all the time. I'm sure he gets a little pissed off sometimes when his game cocks lose, but for the most part, he's always happy. Um, I think, you know, it just speaks volumes of, of, of just who the guy is and uh, just the heart he has. But I know obviously as a, Player, Marcus, I'm sure that you have a special place in your heart for Kirk. Nick, as a student, I'm sure that, you know, you've seen Kirk around and it inspires you guys even when it is 100-something degrees to to pile on into the student section. Mm. Mm. I I echo that, Mike. Kirk is like a walking well of wisdom. And he's like – he's the definition of, like, what happens – when you wake up and you embrace the day, you know, cause I mean, it's just every time you see him, there's a lot, it's a, it's a light every time you see him. So, uh, happy birthday, Kirk, mm-hmm. happy birthday. Enjoy your day. And, uh, just thank, thank you for bringing so much light into the world. I mean, it's just, I know every time I see you, my spirits are, 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 are lifted. Um, it's because of how you go about life. You know, you, 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 like you, the definition of what it means to be like gratitude is like a, it's not, it's not really like an attitude. It's like a, it's like you choose gratitude. You choose to be grateful every day. And that's what, and that's what you taught me. So happy birthday. Yeah. No, happy birthday. And I just want to say, Gamecock fan or not, he would inspire me any day. It does not. I don't, it doesn't matter when. Like, I mean, yes, when you see him, you're just, yeah, you're you're just so happy. Honestly, you're just happy. But whether I was a Gamecock fan or not, he would bring me joy and inspire me because to have that outlook, like Marcus said. I mean, there are so many days, everyone has it, where you don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to attack what you have to do that day. But getting up and have like hearing his outlook makes you want to get up and attack your day, like he said. And just, you know, there are a lot of like, I mean, if you look around and you go through, there's a lot of people who are in you know, recovery programs and getting help with mental health and stuff. And they always talk about gratitude lists. First thing they do when they wake up is they do a gratitude list. What are you thankful for? And that puts you in such a better mental space, uh, space for that day. Cause when you're thinking about what you're grateful for, you're not thinking about all the crappy things. You're thinking about those good things in your life. And that just puts you in such a better mindset when you wake up and that's how you start your day not dreading what you're going to do, but being excited because you get to do something, you get to do it. It's just changes your outlook. And so, I mean, he's inspiring for so many different reasons. So happy birthday to him. Yeah. And Marcus, just as a player, when do you, when do you think a lot of these, these games, I mean, these Gamecocks have to know who Kirk is, right? Like at some point the guys have to know, or at least hear about him. Um, just because he's freaking everywhere, man. He's absolutely everywhere. And I think the amazing thing is for these players, once they find out who he is, I think it only 
it only makes them just appreciate him even more. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, how, even if you, even if you, uh, I mean, he's at every sporting event, you know, like it, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where you are. I mean, you, you probably see him around Columbia too. Um, I mean, the, I, I tell you what, you, you, as a, as a Carolina player, you are, it, it's cool because you, you become a celebrity. All right. That, that, that's just a fact. You, you become a celebrity within the society. Uh, I mean, of really in South Carolina. Um, and you come across so many people, like so many people that support you on Saturday, or they have so many fond memories of watching the game or, I mean, it's just that instant connection, like no matter where you go and you, you, you come across some fans, some supporters, uh, supporters of the university that you just, you never, you, like you, even if you want it, I mean, if you come across ten to twenty thousand people in your career, even if you wanted to, you couldn't. You couldn't forget some certain people, and it's and it's not because of it's it's just like because of the impact that they made on you. You know, it's not the impact that you made on them. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's the fact that man, you you really see okay, this means a lot to this person. Like, you, you just, it it, 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 like, it penetrates your mind, the fact that how important South Carolina sports are. And it also, like, gives you a perspective of, like, what you can do. Like, what, because this is so important, like, you, what you can do with this platform. All right, because it is a platform to create positive change long after you're gone. Like it, it, it kind of it, it shows that when you meet somebody like Kirk, because I mean he just, I mean this is like this is such a great it, it's a great way to number one occupy your time on this earth, like mm-hmm. supporting something else, being it being being a supporter. And not a, not a, not a fair weather supporter, you know, not, not somebody that is up and down or, uh, depends on who they hire or it, it, it depends on, uh, all of the internal logistics that you can't control as a fan or a supporter. Like all of those things go out the window. You know, he, it, it's unwavering, unconditional support from somebody like that. And it's like, man, I can. There, there's a lot more people out there like that. I can make a huge difference with this platform. It, that, that's the kind of perspective, like when you meet somebody like Kirk, that's what it does for you as a player. Like I can make a difference in this state. And I ain't even got to, I don't even have to touch the field. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't have to, you don't have to be the star. You don't have to be the carry on, you know, you, to, to make a difference as a player at Carolina, but simply because you put on that jersey, you now have license to, I mean, just impact a lot of people that you don't you don't even know yet. Another person I need to give a shout out to. I know he's uh, another person that 
Gamecock players really appreciate. But he uh, he's helped Kirk out a lot with traveling, and and this man has uh, has been to 448 straight Gamecock games, and that is Chris Fulmer from the Ultimate Tailgaters. So uh, Chris, of course, tremendous tremendous supporter of the Gamecocks, and uh, got some really good barbecue too. Chris Fulmer, mm, that barbecue so dang good um, oh, that he man. does. You, you know what's underrated? That mac and cheese too. Mm. By the way, 400, 448 games Chris has been to. Um, and like I said, he's helped out Kirk a lot in some of the situations where Kirk wasn't able to go uh, get a ride, excuse me. To, you know, Some of the times they do the, the fan buses and uh, Chris has, has helped him out. Um, let's get to some questions though, guys. Oh, by the way, Kirk. Then I always bust Kirk's balls. Uh, we we just we just give crap to each other back and forth. We have a good friendship. Um, I told him, you know, I take all those pictures with him and uh, Beamer every week as Beamer comes over during Carolina calls. I said one day, Kirk. I said I'm just gonna, you know, Photoshop your shirt and put a Clemson logo on. You know, start calling you Tiger Kirk. Uh, he's gonna kill me once he hears this on the podcast. So uh, he's the farthest thing from that. But uh, I know if he's listening to this, he's probably shaking his head ready to throw the phone across and ready to run me over next time I see him. So uh, I love you, bud. Let's get to some questions. We got some good ones this week. Got some good ones this week for Marcus. And as always, Nick, depending on what the question is, you can chime in as well. Uh, this is going to be, make sure I read this number right, USC 9195. And just a reminder, if you want to ask a question, if you're a Gamecock Central subscriber, be sure to to look for the ask Marcus anything thread that we throw up there. And we threw this one out the other day, but again, this is USC nine one nine five. It says Marcus, who was the guy on offense that improved the most from one season to the next during your time? Connor seems to be the obvious pick, but maybe Bruce or justice. That's a really good question that improved the most over our career. When I was there, God, like, It was beautiful to see Ronald Patrick. Uh, Carolina fans will know that name. He's a, he was a guard. He improved. I mean, he came in at 260. He left at 300. Um, he was a left guard, right guard. Uh, did a lot of our pulling plays. Um, he was just a massive. I mean, he his numbers... His bench, his squad, everything went up. That's a uh, Connor. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I like that answer as well. Connor, I mean, Connor improved every year. I mean, he got better, and I mean, obviously became the. This is debatable. I know. God, I, I I was about to say something. He became the greatest quarterback to ever play at Carolina. You know, I know that's debatable, but um. Yeah, Justice. Golly, that's a good one. Justice Cunningham. Um, he went on to play for the Colts for two years, two yep. well, a couple years. Um, I know Devin Taylor was a really, really good story. I mean, mm. he came in. I mean, we we all know he was a freak athletically. He was 6'8", 235 pounds when he came in. He probably left for about 250, but. I mean, just the way he could bend his body at that at that height, um, he improved a lot. Um, that was a really good question. 
Yeah, I, I so in that or uh, to answer, I'd probably say Ronald Patrick though. In, in mm-hmm. my opinion, Ronald Pratt, Ronald Patrick, he came in two sixty, red shirted, you know, ended up being a, a huge part of our success the last two years. Um, you know, the offensive line, defensive line, you know. My mind goes to those two positions first always because they're so important. And it's a development position, developmental position. So I'd say Ronald Patrick. Nick, I don't know if there's anyone from a fan perspective just during your time period of of watching the Gamecocks. I mean, for me, the one that stands out just from covering them since 2016, I would say Parker White. Uh, I think that's that's probably the best that I've seen in terms of just the growth. I mean, I think people forget that if it wasn't for Will Muschamp sticking it out with him, he might not have been the kicker to finish the end of that season when he had a rough start. So I'd say Parker White. Yeah, I mean, to go from rough start to, I mean, now he's the leading scorer in Gamecock football. Like, you can't you can't really argue, argue with that one. And the other thing I was going to say, uh, Marcus just said, I mean, debatably the greatest quarterback in Gamecock history. But either way, Connor's a legend. He's a legend. Like in Columbia, no matter what, it doesn't matter. He's a legend. So I just wanted to say that. And it's crazy to think. It's crazy to think what what might have not been if uh, things didn't play out the way that they did with Stephen Garcia. Because you know Connor wouldn't have had that opportunity to come in um, at that time period. And uh, you know that's everything happens for a reason. I mean, yeah. isn't isn't it undefeated at Willie B in his yep. time? It's a stupid stat. I remember That's someone said incredible. someone said to me was like, "Oh yeah, I went to USC. Oh, I was there the four years Shaw was undefeated." And I was like, <laughs> "Why was I not just older or something? I didn't go to South Carolina years earlier because I mean, imagine be just being there at that time would have been ridiculous." Like I. And baseball was and baseball and baseball was winning left and right. I mean, shoot. I mean, I've had conversations with Jackie Bradley about it, just watching the football because he's a big football fan. And then obviously, you know, Marcus, I mean, you've talked about it before, watching what baseball was doing. I mean, it was it was a special freaking time. It was a special time to be a Gamecock fan. Um, we'll keep moving things along, guys. We've got a bunch of them this week. Uh, this is from uh Huger, I believe. Um, and I know how to say Hugh G. This is not Hugh G. <laughs> um, I was thinking of it. <laughs> um, he, they ask, you know, Marcus, how did it feel running through the Georgia defense in 2010 as a true freshman racking up 182 yards and two touchdowns? Honestly, I was, I was, if I'm being like just completely real, I was. I was running for my life. I mean, like them do. Like I remember walking out there to coin toss, and these dudes, man, they're so huge. Like I'm talking about gigantic. I see a fifth year senior. I can't think of his name right now, but he played for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's still in the NFL. I saw him. He was like six four, two seventy. And I saw this linebacker who was like two sixty. I'm just like. God damn, like these dudes are big. Um, I mean, that's what went through my mind. I was just like, I'm really out here with these <laughs> these with these monsters. 
Um, man, I was running for my life. I was I was running for my I, I was running. Just it was it was the I, I guess I had so much success that day because I was just playing. It, I was I was free. Like it was just the the freest I'd been. Um, I, I it, it was almost like I went out there with nothing to lose because it was my first start. And, you know, the week before I got, I got into the game and I, you know, I had, I had a little bit of success, but I did not expect to start that next week against Georgia. Uh, but coach Graham saw something in me, coach Spurrier saw something in me that I, that I did not at that time in my career. Um, how did it feel, man? <laughs> How did it feel? I I tell you what, I wasn't. I, I didn't get tired. It was like an out of body experience. It was that because it was the first. It was the coming out party. It was the first because I was so I was just like, fuck it. I'm 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 gonna give my all. I'm a, whatever happens happens. I'm just I'm just out there running. Um, I was like a little kid. Um, it it, it felt free. It felt free and. You know, in the fourth quarter, when I know we had like just worn them down, like they were done. They 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 were done. We had ran the ball down their throat that day. I, I like, and then the crowd just started to get loud. I was just like, okay, this is this is uh this is college football. It was great, great day. I think the player that you're referring to is uh, Justin Houston. Justin, oh my goodness! How did you know that, Mike? Justin Houston, mm-hmm. that dude walked out at coin toss. three right now, right now, or at least because um, he's he's with the Baltimore Ravens right now. He, like you said, was in Kansas City from 2011 to 2018. Played with the Colts for two seasons, and then uh, signed with the Ravens last year. But he, uh, I just looked it up: six three, two hundred seventy pounds. So. Jeez. Um, I don't know what he was, what his playing weight was, or we, maybe I could find it real quick. All right, his pre-draft measurables, just under, just under six three, two hundred seventy pounds. So mm-hmm. he's been consistent. Bench press thirty thirty times, vertical thirty six and a half. Ran a four seven. Um, yeah, and uh, arms, <laughs> arm length. Or I'm looking for. Okay. I don't have. I was looking for something out broad jump, ten feet five in. He was just a freak athlete, and uh, you got. I don't want to say little old Marcus. I mean Marcus, you had obviously some size with you when you were freshman, but you were a freshman, and you're seeing that on the other side. I, I was, I was, I, I was physically smaller, but my, I was also like mentally like, oh shit, I don't like. I, I thought to myself like, damn, am I am I ready for this? Like that, I went back to the sideline. I'm like, am I ready for this? After seeing him, and then he had a ball head. You know, he came out with no helmet on. He had this ball, so he looked like he was 35 years, 35, 40 years old. I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm 18. I'm just like, am I, am I truly ready for this? Uh, but I mean, it shows how much, how much confidence can do for you. When you got right. in, started moving, like you said, the crowd picked up. I mean, that's such a huge part. If you start believing in yourself, I mean, from there you can Man. you can do a lot, a lot more. That's and Marcus, and Marcus, you can you don't have that's to go. Nice. 
Mark, you, Marcus, you don't have to go super deep on these because there's a couple of them, so we can just try to keep things moving to yeah. keep this thing around an hour. But uh, the other question they have, and we're going to get back to that bald point that you brought up, um, you know, was the FSU hit clean or questionable? Clean. <laughs> I don't even know what the hit he's talking about. Oh, I got you. You know? I was knocked out. Mm. Knocked out cold. Mm. Cold. It was. I mean, it was clean. I didn't see. I didn't see him coming. You know. So I. I. I, I caught the ball, but I didn't see him. And it was. I mean, it was clean. Someone. Uh. Now I see it. And they put like a Friday thing to it. If you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Reed was the. Yep, Greg Reed was the player, and I, I haven't seen this before. I haven't either. I'm watching it right now. Yeah, that was and I was I it. Yeah, that's just that's a nice hit. There's no other way to put it. Um, but shoot, you got right back up, buddy. You took some hits in your career. I mean, that's that's the thing about running back, especially during the time period you played, because yeah, they were targeting, but it was not the exact same way. That they do it now. Uh, right. So, I mean, it was a different game back then. There's no question about it. Now I'm going to sound like one of the the, uh, the 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 old basketball players saying it was a different ball game. You know, back I'm, in my day. I'm surprised there really was a debate on that. Did he get your head? It was my jaw. Like, yeah, so because, my jaw I mean, he hit. Oh, he got like you. He dropped, I, the, I was, he dropped I was the shoulder. Out. I mean. Out. Because I agree, like, I agree. He hit me like right here, and it was. See, that's the thing. Like, you can't, you can't that. see from from the TV angle. I mean, I didn't look at it from like a different view. I wasn't going to sit here and just watch clips of you getting knocked out. Um, that's the last thing I wanted to, do, right. you know, when I see one of my boys get hit. But um, yeah, you got up, man. All right. Speaking about bald, cocksure says, if ball people work in a restaurant, do they still need to wear a hairnet? <laughs> little change of pace question. Uh, no. <laughs> I'd say no. No. I think they are required, though. I mean, if you're clean shaven your head. You're good. Okay. You're good. You're good right. to go. <laughs> Cockshire has been waiting his whole life for Marcus to answer that question, Nick. Um, Marcus, this is this is a good one. I'm trying to read this person's name because I think they use a number, so it's supposed to be like a Lange L four N G F zero R B, and I'm sure that says a word Lange Forb. Sorry if I'm butchering that. Is there a preferred blocking scheme for a running back? I defer to the offensive line because, I mean, that too, we need to be able to adjust off them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I defer to that. I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're pretty universal. You got full slide, you got half man, half slide, half the line sliding, 
half the line has. Sorry about that. Half the line has a man. Um, do I prefer? Not, not really. I mean, no, no preference. No, no preference really. I mean, you you just got to be able to adjust to whatever the offensive line is doing. I tell you I, that there's situations where, I mean. No, I'm not going to go in depth on that. There's no, there's no preference. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what you say about this one. This is from B Guns. If the teams he, well, I'm guess I'll word it the way that um, he wrote it. If the teams he was on had a quarterback like Rattler, would they have won a national championship? And you play with some. Teams and, I you was play, on. and you played with some good quarterbacks. Nah, I mean we. You're wrong yeah, with your we, guys. We were fine. Mm-hmm. We, we, we're fine. Garcia, Connor Shaw, Dylan Thompson. I mean, <laughs> nah. Uh, and it's all a scheme thing as well. You know, mm-hmm. the scheme plays a big part into it. They they were. I mean, they were perfect for that, for, for what Coach Spurrier wanted to do. Um, Rattlers, Rattlers good for what we're doing mm-hmm. now. So, you know. We'll try to crank these last three out. Speaking about Spurrier, this is from Z. This is what happens. I need to get glasses. Z Bark 4. What do you think makes a winning culture, and how did Spurrier build for those past teams? His reputation spoke a lot for itself. You know, he brought he brought his swag. He brought himself. He brought a confidence. Um, what makes a what? What are the components of a healthy culture? It's all the things that we discussed earlier. You know, it's it's you know what is that strength staff like? Um, are players holding each other accountable? Have you have you as a coach, have you have you done a good job of like giving the leaders ownership? Uh, you know what, what what's happening outside the walls. You know when when they're not there. Um, you know, do they hang out? Do, I mean, you, they don't have to be best friends, but do they do they have a relationship with each other? Do they trust each other? Um, winning culture. Trust. I mean, it's what Beamer's building. I mean that, that 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 that's for certain. I think you know, name of the game, the name of life is responding to adversity. So being a resilient team, how do you how do you you know gel resilience? I mean, I I think one thing is trust and being close and knowing that guy has your back. Um, I mean, conditioning. You know, from a physical aspect, can can we can we endure? You know, physically, you know, like can we endure the 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 trenches of the SEC? Mm-hmm. I'm speaking directly the culture. I'm speaking directly to you know a winning winning culture in the SEC. Can you endure it? I mean, it because it, it's grueling. You know, my body couldn't endure it. You know, it. Um, 
that that's and that's something that that can be trained in the mind, something trained in the body. Um, all the things that we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's winning culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd say I'd say the exact same. I mean, he summed up really well. I'd say also just buying in, getting guys to buy in. Mm-hmm. You you need everyone on the same page. You need everyone to want to be at the University of South Carolina and want to create a winning culture and be a good SEC football team, which being a good football team in college football and being a good SEC football team, they're different bars. And we want to be a good SEC team and we want to compete. So they got to buy in. And I think that's what Beamer's doing a great job of getting them to do that. But that's a key part. Last two. I don't know if Marcus is going to be able to really talk about this one, but I'll read it anyway. And you can always defer, Marcus. This is by Cox by twenty. And maybe we can tweak tweak this around a little bit because I know you're you're not you're not going to snitch anyone out. What schools offered you improper benefit? <laughs> football was there any significant cash? Let me ask. Let me rephrase that. I mean, you can answer it that way, but what was maybe one of the craziest things? someone offered you and you don't have to say the school that of, of, of a school that you didn't go to and you don't have to answer that but i'm trying to find a way to yeah. be able to ask you this without having to was the question what school yeah well what oh, was some I of, yeah i know i know and i know and yeah, i know you yeah. won't do and i know you won't do that it's kind of like an oath he but, just went for it he was just like, i'm just gonna ask <laughs> was there anything was there anything crazy from a school and you don't have to say the name like yeah. what were some of the, like the craziest things that were offered to you that you declined to go to some of these schools because you see, you see this stuff happen. I mean, this isn't anything that people don't aren't aware of, you know? Right. Uh, a car, mm-hmm. women, um, is that Tennessee? We heard that story. Yeah. <laughs> it, it And it wasn't Tennessee. Um, <laughs> uh, a car, women, not cash out outright, never, N- never outright cash. Um, those two, that's it. Any preference on the car? Do they give you a say? It was a, it was a Benz. Ooh. Well, so and now, I mean, they, they had picked it for you. And Ooh. now, now you have one of the best quarterbacks in the nation just tweeting that he just got a car and being like oh i chose this car over this car everybody knows well we'll, yeah it's a media it's a media talking point we'll do not not under it and we'll dig deeper one episode about goodness what marcus Lattimore's life would have been looking like during the nil era we've talked i've i did a story on nil and i interviewed marcus and oh my gosh that team the whole team what they would have been doing Team full of millionaires. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of them went on to be millionaires. Still right are. Now. Yep, still are millionaires. Uh, last question, and I'm going to add a sentence to this at the end. This is from uh, Matt. I just want to make sure I'm reading this right. Matt Cali 77 Is there a video of the old ball coach doing the dance during your home visit? And the last part that I'm going to add to that, if it is – if it, that that video does exist, what would it take to be able to get that thing out there? I I'll, I could do that. My mom has it. Mm. My mom has the video. We could we could share that. 
I don't know if anyone's ever seen it. Like the masses, that is. Have they? I don't. Yeah. I this don't may have been about. during like the the MySpace days. So I mean, it wasn't really was, shared yeah, the same way. This was two thousand. This was two thousand early two thousand ten, like January. January, late January of two thousand ten. Yeah, that's a video. My mom, my mom has it. I can find that video. I'm gonna call. I, I call her that. You I'll make a lot it. of game. You make a lot Believe. of Gamecock fans happy. Believe in South Carolina exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> well, fellas, we appreciate. It. I do want to add one more thing before we close things up. Uh, I'm going to continue to do this for. I think this might be the last week to vote, or could be. I have to double check. I think we have two more weeks. Um, if you guys are listening to this, be sure to go on to Free Times and vote for Gamecock Central for Best Sports website. We were nominated. We appreciate. Everyone that's taking some time does not take too long. And if you are over that way and want to vote for, uh, I was nominated for best sportscaster and uh, best local Twitter. If you want to go vote for me on that, I'd deeply appreciate it, but be sure to vote vote, vote, vote. Gamecock central Gamecock central is the one that would be very special. But um, also if you're listening to this on iTunes, leave a nice five-star review. We appreciate that. And uh, go tell someone about, believe in south carolina we like the uh, the message when it when it spread for us so uh fellas we'll do it again next week we'll get closer to sec media days yes, uh, stay cool out there columbia have some water mix in some water Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.